As I said, we're coming out of uh, 1 Corinthians today. And I'll be reading out of the ESV Bible today. Um, again, welcome Oakland Church and all the visitors here today. Welcome Giselle's brothers and sisters. Good seeing you all. Welcome any other guests that we have today. Welcome Oakland Online and all that are joining us today. I saw a lot of comments already today. It's good to have you with us. And then we welcome Oakland Outside. And again, people are at different places in their lives, so uh, we'll just honor all those places right now. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. But I, brothers, could not address you as spiritual people, but as people of the flesh, as infants in Christ. I fed you with milk, not solid food, for you were not ready for it. And even now you are not ready. For you are still of the flesh. For where there is jealousy and strife among you, are you not of the flesh and behaving only in a human way? For when one says, I follow Paul, and another, I follow Paulus, are you not being merely human? And I thought that example is pretty wild because we consider outside of Christ, Paul, one of the most godliest examples that we could follow. And he's telling us not to follow him, but to follow Christ. Even Paul put his confidence in Christ. What then is Apollos? What is Paul? Servants through whom you believed as the Lord assigned to each. Verse 6, I was planted, or I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. So neither he who plants nor who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. He who plants and he who waters are one, and each will receive his wages according to his labor. For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field, God's building. According to the grace of God given to me, like a skilled master builder, I laid a foundation and someone else is building upon it. Let each one take care how he, has, he builds upon it. For no one can lay a foundation other than which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Remember, we talked about that a few weeks ago. Now, if anyone builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, or straw, each one's work will become manifest, for the day will disclose it, because it will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test what sort of work each one has done. If we work, if anyone's work is burned up, he will suffer loss, though he himself will be saved, but only through fire. Verse 16, do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in you? If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy him. For God's temple is holy and you are that temple. Let no one deceive himself. If anyone among you thinks that he is wise in this age, let him become a fool that he may become wise. For the wisdom of this world is folly with God. For it is written, he catches the wise in their craftiness. And again, the Lord knows the thoughts of the wise and they are futile to him. So let no one boast in men for all things are yours. Whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas or the world or life, 
or death or present or the future, all are yours and you are Christ. And Christ is God's. Wow. Does that not fit where we're at in life today? Again, we need the Holy Spirit. We need God operating in our lives more than anything. I wanted to start out the first point today. The, The Holy Spirit confirmed, and I'm going to be kind of moving around here a little bit, but I think it needs to be in this order. But, but the Holy Spirit confirmed our vision as a church in this scripture to go save disciple sin, north, south, east, and west. And in verse 6 is what caught my eye. And as I was reading, as I say, I read the, these passages of scriptures over and over and over to, to kind of see what the Holy Spirit wants to speak to us. And this particular day, I was reading it out of the TPT version. And in verse 6, it, was, it said this, I was the one who planted the church, and Apollos came and cared for it. But it was God who caused it to grow. And when we look at this vision that, that we have, the same vision that Paul had to go save disciples sin north, south, east, and west, we see that God used Paul to go on missionary journeys to to do things and he would see a need and would plant a church and would spend time there building and raising it up and then he would turn the care of the church over to the people and a leader would come in and oversee that church. But he always made comment that God is the one that made it grow. And I see that with Oakton. And we shared this many times this week or past month or two about how that, that, that God is, saw Oakton in 1894 and he planted a church out here in the middle of nowhere because God saw a need. And I'd like to know who that person was that planted this church. And over the years, how many of us have watered it. But God, give him the glory for where he has brought us to today. The Holy Spirit has called Oakton to play it at Oakton, Carthage. And we were able to meet Pastor Imbar, the, the one to come in to water and to care for it by way of Venezuela. And it's neat to see how God does this and again, care for the church. But again, we give God the glory for all that he is doing. You see today, Pastor Imbar is in Georgia. Olga's brother is not doing well, and they called the family in. And so they're down with the family, but yet church still goes on. Because somebody saw a need for church, and people came around that need and began to water it. And Herbert is speaking today, and the Word of God still going forth, and God will still do His thing. We see the same thing at Golden City. We see the same thing, if you will, in in Albania. A lot of you say, oh, we just go on mission trips over there. Guys, we, as a church, in this ministry, spend probably 15,000 a year just in the, the supporting the leaders over there. That's more than some of our staff positions here. 
and how God saw a need and a church was planted in Albania and God called Elvis and Beta, Ada and Altine to water. But again, God still does the growing. We see the same thing in Africa where Dave saw a need for a people and he planted a church and, and God put people around him to water and to nurse them. And the picture behind me is the school that, that we support the che- teachers in. 6000 a year goes to support teachers in this school that's being built and will be finished probably in the next two months or so on that first level. Many of you have been a part of that today. But again, we give God the glory. You see, what I'm trying to present to you today is that we get so focused on all these other things when God has called us here to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ, to tell everybody that they need Jesus. They need the baptism of the Holy Spirit to guide them through their life. And that's why we're here. But so many times that becomes second nature. Other things become more important. The board meeting the other night, led by the Holy Spirit, the board voted to come alongside Liberal Methodist Church. And we've been asked to hire a a person from our staff to go over and minister to them on Sundays and throughout the week. And the board voted to do this. And they voted to hire Joe and Heather Costley. And yes, we can give the Lord praise for that. And I believe the board was led by the Holy Spirit. Now my flesh, that's why I was at the altar today when I look at all the things that we need to do. And to be honest with you, Joe, I have to admit, until you came and prayed beside me, I wasn't even thinking about liberal. And then I thought about that, say, yeah, Lord, we need to lay that at your feet too. The benefits of this is it's a, called a corporate agreement. They're still liberal. They're still, we're still Oakton. We're just putting a staff person in there to help them and minister to them. If you go over there, the tithe goes to their church. If they come over here, the tithe goes to our church. I'm not going to lie. Our goal is to become one because I think we can be even more efficient. But we're seeing during these difficult times that I think it's, this vision is going to come alive even more and more that smaller churches can't stand on their own anymore. And really, they had no options. But me and Joe will be going over there today at 2 o'clock to work out some final details, and we need this covered in your prayers. The benefits for them is they can take advantage of our resources, our youth group, our one camp, our children's church. You say, well, they have church on Monday, but... We have it Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursdays, and we can come together and they can join us anytime they want. We have the orange curriculum that Giselle's worked so hard on. They can use that just like Oakland Carthage uses it. 
there's benefits in this. And the benefit Oakland gets is they're going to be providing half the salary or $18,000 at this point, just under half. But that, that to me is the Lord will take care of that part, I think. But the part that benefits us is, is Joe and Heather want to be a part of Oakton Church, and this gives them a way, an opportunity to move up in our congregation. I believe as Oakton goes north, south, east, and west, it gives people within the opportunity to stay with us and to continue on with us in ministry. So that's the main focus that we're here about. We're here to bring people to Jesus Christ, to go save disciples sin north, south, east, and west. But without the Holy Spirit, it's obvious we're going to struggle. We see that in the world today. In verse 3, 1 of 1 Corinthians, out of the NIRV, it says, Brothers and sisters, I could not speak to you as people who live by the Holy Spirit. Can God speak to us as people that live by the Holy Spirit? That really weighed on me this week. Does God got to handle me with kit gloves because I don't pay attention to the Holy Spirit in my life? Paul goes on to say, I had to speak to you as people who were still following the ways of the world. Wow. You aren't growing as Christ wants you to grow. You are still babies. And as I began to think about that, man, I, I, I examined myself. And, and be honest with you, I've been kind of ugly lately. Because everything going on around in this world, if you get to concentrating on that, it's easy to get ugly inside. It's easy to get bitter. And that's why we need the Holy Spirit in our life more than anything. Salvation. Water baptized, then baptized in the Holy Spirit. Key key in our life. Paul goes on to see that he had to address jealousy and strife in the church in verse chapter 3. Because the people weren't paying attention to the Holy Ghost, they were dealing with strife and jealousy. If you got jealousy and strife in your life, maybe you need to pay attention to the Holy Spirit. Are we getting that today? The other thing that Paul addressed in here, he addressed following humans can hinder the Holy Spirit. And he was using himself as an example. If, if you follow me, you follow Apollos, uh, you, you follow Cephas or Cephas, however they say that, man, it's going to hinder your walk with the Lord. You need to follow the Holy Spirit. And I was praying, God, show me an example of this. I, I didn't know how to explain it today. Because humanism is a problem in the United States. We want to follow people. We want to follow man. And we want somebody to look to when we need to be looking to the Holy Spirit. You see, that's where I'm struggling. I'm getting older. And the people I look up to, some of them's died and went to be with the Lord. And I'm looking around and I'm finding fewer and fewer people that I can look to. When Paul is saying, don't even look to them, but look to the Lord. Look to the Holy Spirit. And man, start it at your young age. Kids, start now looking to the Holy Spirit first. Because man will fail you. The example the Lord gave me, and I was walking up the stairs this morning. Yesterday, we came home from uh, the cell in, in car, uh, Jim's father's cell. 
It was hot yesterday, was it not? We pulled into the garage. I got out of my car and quickly hit the garage door opener and got in the house into some nice cool air. About four hours later, I decided to go out and do something, and I went to the garage, and there's our dog, Benji, fighting heat exhaustions. Because he followed me, the person that feeds him, waters him, getting that catch, followed me into a room, and I didn't see him, and I closed him in there. We opened the door up, and he walked in the house, and he's going, <sighs> he couldn't even hardly breathe. That's what happens when we follow those who water and feed us. I don't know. We need to be following the Holy Spirit. Because no matter how hard I try, Todd, as a dad, no matter how hard you try, Maranatha, no matter how hard you try, we're going to make mistakes. And we need to look to the Holy Spirit. I ought to tell you my choices I had yesterday, but we're on live TV on the choices I had to choose from of helping people yesterday. And I shared that with somebody earlier, and I said it sounds horrible that I had to, to rank what I thought was most important to minister to people yesterday. Isn't that horrible? And they said, yeah, it is, Pastor. But that's how much people need the Lord now. That's why we need to learn as a people to go directly to the Holy Spirit because he's there waiting for us. When we respond in human ways, we tend to murder each other. Is that not what's in the news today? We tend to hurt each other. We tend to respond by destroying things around us. My buddy in Liberia sent me this the other day, and I thought it was funny. It's not funny because it's probably a serious problem over there. It is mosquitoes and malaria. But he said this to me. He said, a young mosquito went out flying for the first time. When he returned, his mother, the mother mosquito asked him, how was your first flight? With joy and a great smile, he said, everyone that I would fly around and land on would clap their hands for me. The mother mosquito said, son, they weren't clapping for you. They were trying to kill you. And I couldn't help but think that, you know, no matter how hard we try, we can't do it without Jesus Christ. Our flesh is just there all the time. Look how Jesus, or Satan has used jealousy and strife and following humans to divide our country. You can't watch TV you can't even listen. I tried to get this. This is going to sound horrible, but guys, I think it's serious. But I would try to go to listen to some sports channels just to get a break from it. And they're even talking about it. And I'm not saying that's bad. We need to recognize flaws in our society. But guys, the answer is in the Holy Spirit and getting direction from the Holy Spirit. We see Satan's attack to see three ways through the COVID-19, through the unwarranted death of George Floyd, through the destruction and pro of some of the protests throughout the world. 
We see the ethnic divide that is sweeping our country, and it's hindering us as a nation. That's why we need the Holy Spirit. And we're going to get into that later, but we need it more than anything. And something the Lord really put on my heart this week was, the Bible doesn't say what color Jesus was. And I really skimmed it trying to find that. And the only thing I could even find that close was in Matthew 26, 43 through 56, when Jesus, Judas Iscariot had to point out Jesus to the soldiers among the disciples because they all looked similar. But never a mention of color. Because God made all colors and we're all made in the image of God. I don't know where even then to get into this, but I've been asked, well, pastor, should we even protest when we see injustices? And I would just say not if you're driven by jealousy or strife. Not if you're following another opinion and not the Holy Spirit. Not if you're driven by hate. Not if you're feeling pressured to do so. I was talking to a pastor friend this last week and, and he had to cut off the phone call because the, the community he was in said that he hadn't done nothing to speak out and that he needed to do that. And so he was doing it now. That, that, that to me is the wrong reason to do it. The reason I say all these things is there's many people in this room hurting because somebody protested without being led by the Holy Spirit in their life. Do you ever think about that? All of us have had hateful things said to us because somebody didn't know the whole story or maybe somebody just couldn't see past some things they'd gone through. I can think of a deal that was about to divide. Uh, we had three different groups in our church. It's been probably two or three years ago that were had an opinion on a certain situation. I was really covering it in prayer because I could see the groups forming in the body. And I see this a lot, to be honest with you. When an issue will come up, you can see sides been taken. And I was praying over them, and then something happened, and that thing was removed, and everybody's happy again. It's two years ago, and, and nobody even knows. I mean, if I brought it up, half of you'd go, oh, yeah. And I'm not making light of what's going on in the news at all. Not at all. We should protest against injustices. When we have taken time to pray, read God's word, and received a revelation from the Holy Spirit to do so. When we can demonstrate Christ-like characteristics in what we're about. When we can realize that we're fighting Satan and not people. Franklin Graham posted a pastor-led prayer protest in Wisconsin. It's on my Facebook page. It's powerful. They were praying and singing praises and walking down the street worshiping God because they know that only Holy Spirit is all that's going to be able to change this. I thought to myself, if America 
would get this excited about living for the Holy Ghost and would take time to pray and, and read the word and to, to just seek God for revelation during these protests, we'd have a revival be going on in the world. And then something that, again, not making light of what's going on now. But if you remember, I preached March, I believe, is the 26th. I don't know what day it was in March. And I'd looked up the abortions that had been, had happened just this year. And I told you that number. And we're just a few weeks later. And there's been 8 million more babies aborted since that last time I preached this. 8 million of all different color. Why aren't we upset about that? And again, all these things are important. And don't, I mean, I I don't want to take any heat. I, I understand what's going on. But we need the Holy Spirit. We must stay focused, point three, because we have a job to do. He who plants and he who waters are one, and each will receive his wages according to his labor. For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field, God's building. God has given us a field to plant or a building to build. Now, you farmers can relate to that because you got crops in the ground. But God has given us a responsibility spiritually to build his kingdom. We have a field to build, a building to build. And I'm just going over things that were in the scripture today. That's from 1 Corinthians 3, 9. You see the girls behind me, this is one camp. And, and the girls behind me, I got a kick out of that when I was looking at the pictures. We were going into our prayer time, which we're going to be taking time an hour to pray, to read the word, to listen, to obey, and to journal. Man, these girls were prepared. Man, they got their colors out, their markers out. They got their journal, their Bible. They even got lip gloss. They got their drink. They got their little kit there that if they need to squirt a little perfume, whatever, they're, they're prepared to build and to receive and spend some time with the Lord. You know, oh, Aspen over here has got her shoes off, her head covered up, her water bottle, her phone. Man, she's got everything there. There's no telling. It's kind of like my mom's purse, what's in them pink things. And then they got a duffel bag on the other side of that. They're preparing to build their buildings and to build the, the, the plant the fields that God has given them. They are responsible for that field. 1 Corinthians 3 9 says, You're God's field and God's building. You're responsible for your own life. And the ones that God put in your life. Our work will be judged. A lot of us don't realize that, but our work will be judged. It will be revealed by fire, and fire will test what sort of work each one has done. 1 Corinthians 3.13. Good way to say it, guys. If we're spending a lot of time on stuff that we can't take to heaven with us, it's going to burn. 
So that ought to tell us real quick what's most important. We can take ourselves, our family, our friends, people with us to heaven. And that's the things that we need to be investing in. We will be rewarded by the work that survives the fire, 1 Corinthians 3.14. If the work that anyone has built on the foundation survives, he will receive a reward, 3.14. In 3.8, it says each one receives his wages according to his labor. Kind of like the parable of the talents, isn't it? To one was given this, to another was given this, to another was given this. Two did something with it, one didn't, and, and boy, he was judged harshly. But the ones who did it received great reward. I had a dream Wednesday night, or Thursday night, and I, I, it was so clear. Um, so clear. But I was coordinating my Freeman people at Freeman Hospital back in the office in the building that I was in. And, and I was working with them, and do, we were doing some great things, having a great time. And then Pastor Jim had to walk in. There, where are you? There you are, Jim. Pastor Jim come in there, and he goes, he always does this, kid, you need to come with me. And I said, okay, Jim. And I said, I'm kind of in the middle of something. Kid, you need to come with me. And everybody knows Jim. He, when he's talking, he listen. So I took off walking, and we walked through all the things that, that I experienced at Freeman. And then he took me down to another place, and we went to this one room that was gigantic. And there sat, I meant to bring it in here, but Granny has a picture of the 12 disciples that she gave me and when, before she went to be with the Lord. And, and it, I love that thing. But it was in marble, life-size. And it was beautiful and gorgeous in this room. Over on the other side was a set of Ten Commandments, life-size, that were in marble and gold and silver, and all these things were all around. And man, it was so awesome. And when I woke up, the Lord was reminding me, because I'm at the age now that I would have retired from Freeman, and I've been looking back on that, that I could have retired at 54. I think I'm 55 now. I don't know how old I am now. But, but I, I've been thinking about that a lot because the ministry is getting tougher and tougher. And I didn't think I was that serious about it. I just think about it on occasion. That, man, I could be retired now on the boat with Karen and set for life. And the Lord reminded me that although Freeman was good, these treasures are awesome. And, and I repented because what I thought was little in my life was big enough the Lord wanted me to have a dream about it because he loved me and wanted to reassure me what he's called me to do is win people to Jesus Christ the same as you. We have been given the Holy Spirit to complete our jobs. We have a job to do, to plant and to build, each one of us. Some things I'd like to see Oakton accomplish in planting and building is that we need to love God and people more than anything else. When we do that, it'll take care of 90% of our problems. 
in the news, if, if, if we would love God and people, it would take care of all the problems around us. We had quite a prayer time Tuesday in one camp. And we come around and just are lifting things before God because we know that God knows how to take care of them. And we spend lots of time seeking the Lord. What tickles me, all of you love this. And you want your children to come to one camp because you want them to learn how to serve people. You want them to learn how to to seek the Lord. You want them to learn how to evangelize. Well, guys, we need to be that example as the parents and do the same things. And I think a lot of you are. But I want to challenge you to love the Lord more than anything, to love people more than anything, to love each other more than anything. Got to talking to the kids at one camp, and we had seven schools represented. Think about that. And actually, I got to thinking we could have up to nine schools represented here today without being online. And I saw these kids when we went to lunch or play or service or evangelism. We paired up where we were comfortable. And I challenged our leaders. Our goal is to make everybody feel a part of Oakton. To break down these barriers of Liberal, Lamar, Jasper, Nevada, Joplin, Golden City, Lockwood. To where that we are one in the body of Christ. Because again, strife and jealousy can come in a group just for the simple fact they don't really know each other. But I look around here today, it's the same way, and I challenge you as a body to meet somebody that you don't know and maybe even take them to lunch and get to know them. How many of you ever walked up to somebody? I've had it happen a hundred times. People come up to me and go, Pastor, I introduced myself to this person the other day, and they said they've been going here six months. Let's get to know each other. The other challenge I'd like for you to do is, is Oakton Carthage has come here, I figured up, dozens of times. They've come to our services to support us. They've come to our, our Fourth of July's or harvest dinners. And I want to challenge every one of you to take your family to Oakton Carthage one Sunday before the end of the year. Right now, we're only running the Latino service at 930, and that's where I'd like to see everybody go one time before the end of the year because we are one body. I hear it a lot, though. That's, that's Carthage. That's Golden City. That's liberal. When we're all going to be in heaven as one, we need to be one here. And so I challenge you to do that, especially with all the tension going on in the world today. A lot of it is we just don't know and understand each other. But if we love God and love people and are willing to talk, God will take care of half of it. I'm going to share a word that I wasn't planning on doing this, but, but man, it just right there. Gary Dunn shared this when I was working on this. And, and I think it's a Lord 
But he shared a word Sunday that I believe it's a prophecy for the church. And this was Saturday, June 6th, excuse me. My son, why is it that ever, even those who are called by my name sometimes make mistakes? Why do they get themselves into trouble? Let me tell you, it is because they do not spend the time with me to really hear what I would tell them to do. Isn't that what we're talking about today? And I'm writing this, and the Lord's given this word to Gary Dumb. They do not spend the time to search out my will and my direction for them. They venture out on their own understanding to their own demise. In other words, they follow humans, or they follow other people, or they follow themselves. Even if they hear from me, they do not pay close attention to what I say to them. Even my most precious person, Moses, who was used mightily by me and who I spoke to face to face, made the mistake of not exactly following my instructions to bring water from the rock. As close as he was to me, that mistake came with the cost of not being allowed to enter the promised land. So you see the need to be absolutely sensitive to the Holy Spirit and really listen to what he has to say to you so that you do not make a similar mistake. I've given you an intellect and a sound mind, but that must be tempered by adhering to the exact instructions I give you. It's better to spend the time to get it right than to experience the consequences of not. I encourage you to listen carefully to what the Holy Spirit says to you. Is that not what we've been talking about today, the past month? Man, God is wooing us as a body. God is trying to speak to us as a body. He wants to move in us. He wants us to be led by the Holy Spirit. He wants us to grow in the characteristics of the Holy Spirit, of Jesus, of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. You see, if you walk in the Spirit, you will not gratify the desires of your flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For they're, they're opposing one another. We keep doing the things that we don't want to do. But when you're led by the Spirit, God will bring you through. So we need to continue to do these things, to plant, to build upon our faith. As 1 Corinthians 3.23 says, we are Christ and Christ is God's. And Jim talked beautifully Wednesday night on how to build our faith. We need to plant, build, invest in obeying God. You know, obeying God is holiness. And I think that's where we fall short so many times that, that we think that holiness doesn't matter anymore. But holiness is simply obeying God. I've been all over the county yesterday, so don't try to pin this pastor down. But me and Karen went into a store yesterday to see a, a Methodist pastor buying tobacco. And I'm not knocking tobacco, but a pastor needs to lead by example. But, but should a Christian not lead by an example? How we as pastors decide what's true in the word and not true in the word. And we just do what we want to do. And 
say God loves us. God's called us to be holy, to obey him. And when I married my wife, we were just, I was kind of kidding her, but I said, I really enjoy being around you. It's just taken me 30 years to get there. And we were kidding around. But I really do care about her. But we got to work at trying to please the other. I can tell you the things that get on her nerves, and I love it, and I laugh whenever other people are doing it because she can't get after them. But she'll elbow me when I do it. And so I try not to do it. Why? Because I love her. And then sometimes I do it just to annoy her. But that's what we do a lot of times. We know what God wants us to do. We know what his word says, and at times we want to obey him. But at other times we just get, man, I'm so tired of what's going on. I'm just going to annoy you today, Lord. That's the truth, isn't it? Lord, I'm just going to do what I want to do today. I'm tired of fighting. I'm tired of this world. I'm tired of the, trying to figure out what's going on all the time. We're in a relationship with the Lord. And we're going to have ups and downs, but he's never going to walk away from us. He's always going to be faithful and true there to receive us back in when we've been even dirty to him. All the pains and abuses that you've taken in your marriages and your relationships and all the things that you go through at the workplace, Jesus takes them a million times over and still loves us unconditionally. And again, there's a lot of tragedies in the world right now, and I'm not saying they're bad and the people are bad and everybody's wrong. I'm just saying the Holy Ghost is the answer. Jesus is the answer. God is the answer. And we need the Holy Spirit moving in our lives. The church needs the Holy Spirit moving in our lives. America needs the Holy Spirit moving in their lives. Until we do this, things are just going to get worse and worse and worse. Father, we've heard your word. And Father, we yield to your Holy Spirit. And Lord, as you've been speaking to us today, Lord, I ask that that we obey you in what we're hearing. And Father, we just turn our lives over to you now. And Lord, I ask that you move across this body, across the world. In Jesus' name.